I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything, get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. Uh, long time no talk. I hope you guys all listened to us while we were on um, on some guest podcasts. But we are finally back and we are here to talk about the draft considering the fact that Richie and I just sat down and watched it with me as always. My wonderful amazing co-host Richie Suave Flores. How you doing? Hello, Corey. Nice to talk to you again. It's been a while been an off season of no news but i'm glad that bill armstrong has given us plenty to talk about tonight on night one of the draft and that it's very exciting honestly no news has been good news because no news means that jacob trickren is still a coyote so i'm okay with no news uh, <laughs> actually that's true that's true, because there was way too many rumors going into today that he would be traded, and I'm glad that he wasn't. I'm glad he's still a Coyote. Absolutely. Um, where do we even want to start with this, Richie? Uh, I feel before we go into like each individual person, we should start with kind of the overall I was I was texting you about this at the very end. Um, you know, when the Coyotes drafted, I'm going to let you say his name since you have been having so much fun saying it. So go right ahead. Maverick Lamaru. Uh, standing at a very tall 6'7", he, as he was coming towards the stage, which honestly, I think he was the funniest person to hear them uh commentating about as he was coming up onto the stage because of the fact that uh you know they they called him fashionable they talked about his smile they even made commentary about the fact that his parents were making out they thoroughly just really enjoyed talking about this kid but meanwhile i was texting you and you you told me that i needed to say my text verbatim on the podcast I I said, so Richie texted me and said six foot seven at eighteen, and I said Bill is just creaming himself over size because it is so so true. His entire thing outside of the very first pick, Logan Cooley, which we will come back to, um, and why we think they didn't decide to go with Shane Wright, but. Outside of that pick, everything he had done from then on was about size. And it is at the sacrifice of skating, because obviously it usually is that way. But the two scouting reports for the the other players, obviously um, because of a trade with the Sharks, the Coyotes also picked at number 11 which uh, was Connor Geeky. I really enjoy his last name. It's kind of fun. Um, we've got some fun names coming onto the team, which is always nice. But um, when they got him, you were in the car and <laughs> didn't even know that any of this was happening. And the first thing you had said about the scouting report on him was the problems that he had with his, his skating because of the fact that he is a big man and he hasn't really caught up to that quite yet i i'm not too concerned he has time to grow obviously this team is still going through quite a ways of a rebuild so it's gonna take some time but really a lot of the players that came out of this draft would be considered pretty undersized by other years standards you're starting to see a very big evolution of top skill and not as much size and and brute and grit, but you're still seeing those teams with high skill and large size winning the Stanley Cup. So it's an interesting thing to be seeing coming out of 
this uh this draft class here um but really bill armstrong went in the opposite direction he chose the first player of of pure skill and very well-rounded and really took size there on out that's something that he talked about from the day he was hired and we talked about on this very show when he was hired which is he wants to bring an identity to this team and he wants to execute that identity and execute that plan. And he's starting to put that into motion. And, um, and you're, you see that with the additions of Connor Geeky and Maverick Lamaru. And which is Bill Armstrong wants to make this Kyrie's roster hard to play against. And it's, it, it's the, uh, one of the oldest sports cliches in the books, which is you can't teach size. And so I'm okay with them doing that because it gives you the options to make your roster more well-rounded. Right. And I feel like that's what Bill Armstrong did in this first round. And I, I was texting, I was texting with, um, with Jordan earlier too, during the first round. And the way I described it was, um, and that well-rounded nature, which is that they got some skill, they got some size, they got some center depth, and that's what you want. And you got it all, not just in one draft, but you got it all in the first round. So you're getting that mixture of talent and um, and some of the ceilings to these players because uh, I think in the case of all three of these players – um, you're going to see a decent amount of development time for all three of them. Logan Cooley might be the quickest to get to the NHL, I would say. Um, and even then, he's at least two years away, right? He's going to go play at the University of Minnesota next year. And then maybe after that, he'll play another year, um, whether he goes back to Minnesota or comes over and plays in the NHL. Um, we'll find out. But I feel like, yeah, overall, like I liked what Bill Armstrong did. I do have some questions. Um, and we'll get to that in, in a little bit too, but yeah, overall he had a plan, he executed it, um, and in the process he was able to add more assets too, which is always a good thing, right? So he gave up some assets to move up and go get Connor Geeky at eleven overall, but then he also was able to gain back more assets in the future, and that trade with Edmonton that is bringing in Zach Cassian uh, for the next couple seasons that are left on his contract. And we talked about size and grit. And that's what Zach Cassian's going to bring to this roster over the next couple of years as well, as the Edmonton Oilers tried to get rid of his contract, and they did just that. So, yeah, I think you're right. It's, uh, you know, overall, it's it's the draft. It's We don't really know much half the time. It's a crapshoot. But I, I, I can't complain about what Bill Armstrong did. Um, but, again, I do have some, some questions that I, I would like to get here answered um from bill armstrong and and we're recording before he's doing his press conference so i don't we'll we'll see what he says a little bit later on but um yeah overall it was a long night took four hours to get through this damn draft this took longer than uh the i I felt like it took longer than the nfl draft and those picks are 10 minutes at a time instead of three like it is here in the nhl Yeah, it definitely took some time, and I, it's funny because there's a lot of different critiques about certain things that the Coyotes have done. Everyone online was apparently talking about their uh, matching suits, which really doesn't bother me that much. I don't really, really care about the fact that they came in with a bunch of matching suits, if that's what Bill Armstrong thought it took for them to really be in that mental mind frame and that team mind frame of really getting into this this draft, which is his first full draft that he's been actually able to prepare for and stuff with the Coyotes, then that's what it takes. Uh, I had tweeted out kind of a joke because uh, the the groomsmen in my wedding, the colors were literally blue suits with uh, maroon ties. So I thought it was just really funny because that's what it looked like to me. Um, but if there's anything that actually annoyed me, it was how long uh, Xavier Gutierrez took before they actually made that first pick. I just felt like it was so incessantly long 
for not really any good reason. It was just kind of his uh, his minute to kind of tout. And I understand with everything that's been going on and, you know, moving to Tempe and all the criticism the team has uh, got, gotten into of recent, I just felt like it was a little bit unnecessary to have to go through all of it. <laughs> yeah, isn't isn't that the truth? Um, I just sent you a picture, by the way, through text, which is the inside of the Coyotes draft brass jackets that they were wearing. They have Coyotes logos on the inside. Which they should have had Kachinas on the inside. That, that was the yeah, time so, for a Kachinas moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, they just put, like, the Kachina head, and that was it. But yes, anyway, that I thought that was really cool. Was, that was the f- first thing I noticed when they showed them. I was like, what, why do they all look the same? I was like, but you, that's so funny that you mentioned they did look like a wedding party. <laughs> yeah, they did. And and it's like, and the Kachina heads are cool, but like having like the full Kachina would have looked cooler, in my opinion. I don't know why, but I just, I feel like that was the prime time for a full Kachina moment. Because how... We don't really, you know, like a coyote head, we used to always kind of see. And then once they added the, oh, I didn't like those jerseys. Remember the whole body jerseys, the whole coyote body? Uh-huh. Those, I'd never, never liked those. It just didn't look right. Uh, the Kachina, I just don't feel like looks as cool without the rest of its body. Like that, that is, so when I'm saying I need a whole Kachina moment, I need, I wanted the whole Kachina moment. I agree. There's actually a um, somebody made a blog post this week where they turned all of the um, NHL logos into Kachina style logos, and it was really cool. Actually, the way they did it, I think I retweeted it on my my Twitter page, and I, we can retweet it from Sporty as well, so y'all can see it. But I thought they looked really cool. I don't know if you saw that or not. I did not, but I will definitely check that out because I I love. A good Kachina moment. Just completely love it. It's one of the best things. What did you think about the uh, the flow from Connor Geeky? Uh, the best thing, and I almost tweeted this out before I remembered how savage the internet is. The funniest thing out of the entire interview that he had afterwards was when they asked him about it, he said if he had one word to describe it, it would be majestic. <laughs> I loved that so much. Uh, first of all, I I halfway through this, um, what is today? Today is the 7th. Um, you guys, two days ago, I just turned 28, which means that I have now become a decade older than these players who have been coming up, which freaks me out a little bit makes me feel a little bit old uh but i it was funny because every single time they were all talking i was like oh my gosh they they look like just babies they're complete babies he was the first one that i actually as soon as he said that his hair was majestic i just found it funny and moved past the point that like where i was feeling old like he was like a small child so uh I, I really enjoyed personality wise. I also think that is a big deal going forward here because of the fact that they are going to be in a unique situation coming up in the Coyotes uh, organization and how it's going to definitely be hitting some speed bumps along the way. And these players can't really be players that aren't afraid. You know, they have to be willing to talk to the media because the coyotes have been such in a media frenzy for so long that it's going to be part of their process. And the fact that as far as I could tell, all three of these kids had pretty good personality going forward. I think that's going to be really helpful as well. Yeah. I, I, I quite enjoyed that too from, from these guys. And like you mentioned it, Maverick Lamaru. When he was walking up to the podium, like the smile on his face was just like, was super, it was super infectious. I was like, look at that smile. It's adorable. Uh, all six foot seven of them. And then like, as he was walking off, like he was like, you look like he was like wiping away a tear as well. So 
Uh, yeah, and then yeah, you get the personality of Connor Geeky is great, and uh, Logan Cooley. His interview I thought was was cool too because he he was um, he he told Emily Kaplan's like this is I wanted to play in Arizona. This is where I wanted to be, and um, and he sounded excited to be a Coyote, which is awesome. Which I think kind of leads us into um, our first big question mark here, which is. As this draft unfolded, it unfolded in a very unexpected way. Because going in, most of us thought that your top three in order would be Shane Wright, Uri Slikovsky, Logan Cooley, one, two, and three. And that's not what happened whatsoever. So I don't I don't know if you were following it, Corey, but I was a little bit. And which is the betting market is leading up to this. And about 30 minutes before the first 30 minutes to an hour before the first round began, the betting markets flipped and they flipped for the number one overall pick from Shane Wright, who was favored by about minus 150 to minus 200. What I saw previously to the hour leading up, it completely flipped and Uriah Slikovsky became the favorite at number one overall. And as soon as that happened, that was like, oh, okay, well, we might be in for an interesting night. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. And we had Uriah Slikovsky going one, which was a surprise, unless you were in the betting markets. And then we had another surprise, which was Simon Nemec going number two to the Devils. And so when the Coyotes came around at three, all of us were shitting our pants like, holy shit. The Cowboys have a chance to draft Shane Wright. What? The guy we we wanted all along, he's just sitting right there for the Cowboys to take. And it turns out that they ended up taking Logan Cooley. So Shane Wright drops to number four. And so to me, that's my biggest question mark of this entire first round. As much as I love Logan Cooley, don't get me wrong. I think he's going to be a great player. A lot of people had him ranked number one, including Chris Peters with Flow Hockey. He was the guy that I wanted from the start. But when you have the projected number one overall pick, who's the projected number one overall pick for basically the last two years, and he's sitting there available for you to pick and you don't pick him, it, it, it's, it kind of is like, huh? Why didn't you do that? So even though they're getting a great player in Logan Cooley with a who had the probably the biggest upside among the top four or five players in this draft? It's still like I'm a little questioning Bill Armstrong's decision making in taking Cooley overtaking Shane Wright, um, because of the fact that again Shane Wright has been the guy for two years, so it's it's gonna be something that's gonna hover around this pick for a while, which is you're gonna be comparing Shane Wright to Logan Cooley and and you're gonna be like, oh, did they make the right pick there? And and so well like, where do you stand on that? Why why do you think Bill Armstrong did what he did there and seemingly stuck to his game plan all along, which was always to take Logan Cooley? Yeah, I think it was a few different things. I think they were able to see Logan Cooley a little bit more. They were able to scout him a little bit better. Uh, when it came to Shane Wright, I think the biggest part that played into him in a negative way is the fact that he was such a top prospect for so long that people had been talking about him and nitpicking his game. And once that COVID season kind of went into effect he kind of didn't have the progression that anyone really wanted him to have. And they were, I think, honestly, a little bit nitpicking at all the little things about him to try and find issues with it. I think that that's a little bit of what was causing him issues, but I don't think that they would have gone for Shane Wright for a few reasons. One in the fact that their biggest their biggest issue going forward and and no one can be naive about this in the fact that this team will always have to deal with the perception that is around this team and the perception that is around them playing 
in a uh, college arena. There's always going to be one about that. There was a bunch of uh, tweets going out around that afterwards, which to me was kind of comedic because they're saying that this kid should hate on this when the he's going into college. He's going to be playing in college arenas. By the time he's done, this team is going to be very shortly coming to being a good team that um, that basically is going to have a, a new arena and a new location and, and you know, a, an all-star game that would be promised and uh, a draft that would be promised. So the future is bright for this team. It's, it's the sticking point of right now. You have to find a player that is willing to look into where could I be not what is going on right now. I think they may have had concerns about that with Shane Wright, whereas Logan Cooley uh, definitely didn't. He came and talked to Emily Kaplan afterwards, as you'd said, and said that he wanted to play in Arizona. He likes the future of this team. He likes the sunshine and the heat. He really thinks that this team has great future ahead of it. And that's what he's focusing on. I don't know if they had the time to do the, the same type of discussions with uh, Shane Wright, but it was one of their biggest things. And it even they even said it very publicly in the video that they released of their their all their inside access like scouting thing they're doing about how much they really want players who want to be here. And to me, that is the biggest thing. The other thing, too, is you have to wonder a little bit what's going on behind the scenes because of the fact, too, that towards the end, because Logan Cooley and Shane Wright were considered to be so close, some people had them swapped for um, for for places. And so th- there had to have been something that came up towards the end. And I wonder if there is anything about character wise that goes into this, obviously when he was there, he was uh, very nice to everyone who was, you know, selected before him. And he was great in that sense, but he for two, two or so years thought he was going to be a number one overall pick and it didn't end up happening. That's going to leave him with a sour taste in his mouth and you know as a team that you have to deal with that going forward. Is he going to take that? And is he going to use that to uh, propel his career forward and use it as a driving force? Or is he going to let that somewhat destroy him in the fact that he he felt like he was entitled to that spot and wasn't able to achieve it? Yeah, I, that's actually a good point. And Shane Wright's interview with Emily Kaplan, I thought he handled himself really well because he could have been kind of bitter about it, a little angry, and he's, he seemed pretty uh, upbeat about it. He's like, listen, I'm just excited to be in the NHL. You know, I'm excited to join Seattle, et cetera, et cetera, and it didn't seem to bother him that much. Um, and I think the biggest reason why Shane Wright wasn't the pick there, I wonder – if the Kyries just didn't spend much time scouting him because they didn't think he'd be there. And I honestly believe that's the biggest reason why Logan Cooley was a selection because Bill Armstrong operated, operated on the assumption that, listen, you know, we have only have so much time to scout these players, right? So if you're devoting time to a player that's not going to be, that you don't think is going to be there, you're kind of wasting your time, right? And I wonder if that's what the case here is that they had their plan. Their plan was that Shane Wright was very likely going to go to Montreal. So they didn't spend much time scouting him or talking to him, interviewing him, et cetera, et cetera. And so the plan all along was that Logan Cooley was going to be their guy. And so rather than panic and make a rash decision and, and take Shane Wright there, they just stuck to the plan and they stuck to picking Logan Cooley, who was just their guy all along throughout the process. And I think that is the kind of 
the good thing about Bill Armstrong, because do you think um, John Chica would have made the same choice? Do you think John Chica would have drafted Logan Cooley, or do you think he would have drafted Shane Wright? Because I'd make the argument that John Chica, being the analytics guy that he is, would have been like, oh, analytics! He's been the number one guy for three years. Let's go take him, even though we didn't do our due diligence and spend all the time scouting him. Whereas Bill Armstrong did the complete opposite. He's like, listen, stick to our plan. This is our guy. This is who we want. And they went and they got him with Logan Cooley. So I'm, I'm going to drop probably something that's probably a little bit of a hot take here. But um, I, I feel like we were able to get a glimpse into what the world of John Chica would have been because of the fact that his sister was on the panel of, of experts and they were using her picks. Um, I The hot take that I'm going to drop in this is I would argue to say that she is actually better than he is. Um, and in that, I would have to agree that he would have gone with Shane Wright. I when I say that he, Bill Armstrong is taking in uh, into account the want to play here, the drive to play here, um, this ability to have players that are going to have longevity on this team and will be part of what he is trying to make, which is a team that is going to win a Stanley Cup you know, just, you know, five years down the road. I still feel like there's quite a bit of time that needs to be done for it to be that way. But in probably about three or so, we should be seeing the way that this team really shapes up into becoming that kind of of legacy team that he wants to try and create. And so... You want players that really want to be here, want to be a part of that, and buy into that vision. And that is the absolute problem with not being able to talk to a player enough. Even if they are the greatest of the great, if they're not willing to be here, and I also don't know much about... uh, Shane Wright and the fact that of how soon he will be pulled up as well. They're also going through a complete rebuild and this is only the second year of this rebuild. So there's time that has to be spent. And does Shane Wright want to be spending that time down developing? That's the other thing too, because he can play up, but it wouldn't be for a good team. And so you also have to take that into account. If I would definitely say if it was Trigger, he would have just chosen him out of pure, pure stats and pure um, scouting purposes on paper, but would not have looked into all of the aspects that are behind the players they're choosing to be good role models and really future uh, long-term players on this team. I'm going to read a little bit of the uh, scouting report from Chris Peters from Flow Hockey. Again, uh, Chris had Logan Cooley as his number one rated prospect for half the season. And this is what he said about Logan Cooley's fit in Arizona. He said Cooley immediately becomes the number one prospect in a system that already has a few blue chippers. Arizona is in a full on rebuild and do not need players immediately. Cooley is heading to the university of Minnesota next season and is likely to be a one and done to allow him to get stronger and gain experience before embarking on his NHL career. While he will be one of the centerpieces of Arizona's future. The Pittsburgh native is going to help this team become more dynamic. As soon as he arrives, he could be this team's number one center of the future which is a beautiful thing to hear because that's, that's great. Because uh, um, as we know, this organization's depth at center has never been great. 
And then they like got themselves a, a, a actual good center that they could have built around and played in the middle six for the rest of his career in Christian Dvorak, and they got rid of him. So <laughs> need to need to uh, to retool that portion of the roster. And Bill Armstrong double dipped because he went right back to that well and went back to another center, which kind of surprised me a little bit. As we already mentioned, he, he went with Connor Geeky. 11th overall, Coyotes pick swapped with the uh, San Jose Sharks to make this selection. And I think it was kind of interesting, as we've already kind of been mentioning, that Logan Cooley is a smaller player. He's currently listed at 5'10", 181. He's very similar in size to Clayton Keller, if that gives any reference. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing, too. And so... You go from you go with a smaller, more skilled center with Logan Cooley to not the opposite of that, but you go bigger with your six foot four, two hundred three pound uh, Connor Geeky at eleven overall, and um, he was uh, rated kind of in the middle of the first round uh, by most experts that I'm seeing. Chris Peters had him ranked nineteenth on his board. So he goes a little bit ahead of that. But uh, again, when you're trying to build a team, a lot of times you got to do it down the middle. Right. And that's why I like this, this pick here is, and I mentioned it earlier, center depth is big. So that's what they did here. I, I like the fact that they're building down the middle here with their top two picks this year. And that's going to pay off down the road, even though again, Connor geeky, um, as you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, he's got to work on his, his skating a little bit. Um, but that comes with being a bigger body player. It's, 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 it, it's going to take some time, but, uh, I'm okay with, with overcooking Connor geeky. He, uh, is currently playing in the uh, WHL with the Winnipeg ice. He had 70 points last year in the dub. Yeah, this was a very classic, as we had said, Bill Armstrong pick in the way that he wants to make this team. I, I keep coming back to this point where he keeps on to the very cringy line of how he wants a very tough, very prickly team. And this is the epitome of that. This pick is not a pick of one that was according to where things were in the draft. They traded up for him because they felt like he was a good fit on the team that they are trying to build. They, I, I like how you kind of pointed out that they're a little bit of opposites in some way. I feel like they do a little bit of a yin and yang for each other, you know, um, in, in the fact that yes, geeky is a little bit slower is a little heavier on his feet, but he is kind of the balance to Cooley and the fact that Cooley is a very skilled, dynamic, fast, uh, honestly fun to watch player, I think is also part of the reason why they, they decided to pick him as well is he tends to be a lot of fun to watch. And that's something else going forward that this team will need to have someone to center around that way. But um, when it came to Connor Geeky, he gave that size that is absolutely missing. So when you are in a situation where you have, uh, when you have a team that is a fairly smaller team that has some players that you consider to be your more skilled players, you need to have uh, someone like Connor Geeky that can be playing, that has the ability to grow into his feet a little bit better. You, you got to remember, these kids are still only 18 years old. So he has the ability to grow into that, and he has the size in order to really be able to bolster the team that way. And like I said earlier, this entire draft was filled with kids that are on the the smaller side. So being able to take kids with bigger size, I think will be beneficial in the long run, as long as their, their skills shape out. And I don't think they would have traded up for him unless they thought his skills were going 
to uh, shape out. I will say that he does get a little bit antsy when it comes to size, though. So I, I would sometimes caution against that as that is not the way of the the hockey the national hockey league is going but it is quite necessary and connor has an older brother who is currently playing in the nhl for the seattle kraken morgan geeky who was a third round pick back in uh 2017 by the carolina hurricanes and so he uh, made his NHL or played some played a little bit in the NHL for the Kraken this year and only had he had 22 points in in 73 games but uh, so not exactly obviously the same player but it's nice to have some NHL pedigree uh, when it comes to uh, having a brother in the league which is pretty dope so uh, I let me I read the uh, Chris Peters report about Logan Cooley I'll do the same for for Connor Geeky here saying by trading up Coyotes used some of their draft capital trading number 27 and two second round picks. It shows how much they wanted the line geeky. The draft board has to do some favors and clearly that happened here after drafting a quick dynamic center who isn't that big and cool. They get a big two way center who doesn't have great foot speed, but has high end hockey sense. He's really an interesting player here. My ranking reflects my concern about his skating, but I really like how much the puck seems to find him. Anyway, the Coyotes are rebuilding through the middle of the ice. Geeky will probably return to junior next year, but he might not be far from making his NHL debut. Uh, my one concern about Connor Geeky, because um, I think Connor is a little bit bigger than Dylan Strom was when he was drafted, but... Um, and, and Can Dylan we pause Strom, for a minute and, and yes. say that, that DeBrinket trade was ridiculous? Oh, yeah. It was it was stupid. I don't understand what Chicago was trying to do there. I, I, I don't. <laughs> Just, like, the one if man you're trying that was to... able to make Dylan Strom actually look good, and that, that was a talented line mate there. Uh, you decide to trade. I just, it was, I had a lot of flashbacks and, uh, there was a whole moment I had with that and it, and it very much circled around Dylan Strom. So I'm glad that you brought him up because it made me just think about that trade. Yeah. So Dylan Strom listed at six, three, 200. Um, and the way they kind of describe Connor geeky is a little bit of the way I remember, uh, analyst describing Dylan Strom, which was he's a, he's a smart, he was a smart player that um, can play 200 feet um, that can score. And that's kind of what I'm getting here. So albeit Dylan Strom, the Coyotes did him a big disservice and they did not, they tried to develop him too quickly and it backfired on them. So I, I don't think this new regime is going to do that with Connor Geeky. But, like, that's my big kind of downside with him is, like, dude, we've already fucking been through this with a guy who can't skate. So, please, for the love of goodness, Connor Geeky, I hope he becomes a better skater. Because if you can't skate in today's league, you're fucked. You're absolutely screwed. Because um, size matters in a way, yes, but doesn't do you as good as it used to do. Like for example, I don't know if you've if you've seen um, this documentary yet, Corey. It's on ESPN Plus. It's called Unrivaled. It's the story of the Avalanche and Red Wings rivalry of the late '90s, mid to late '90s. It's terrific, and and it kind of reminds me of that, which is like back in the day, it was like fuck you, we're all gonna drop our gloves and fight all the time, and just fuck you up at any chance you get. And it doesn't matter if you can skate or not. Like they had, um, uh, I, I I don't remember the, the uh, players' names and whatnot, but you had these guys who were like on your fourth line. That that's all they would do. Like they really didn't have anything to do, and they just they would just fight, right? Which doesn't exist anymore for the most part. And that's what this reminds me of. Is like the league is changing so much that like you it doesn't matter how big you are if you can't skate, you're gonna get beat and you're gonna become a liability. So that's my biggest concern with Connor Geeky is like, I trust Bill Armstrong. I like the pick. I like that he has some foundation to him. Just going to take a little bit of time to develop and that's totally okay. But uh, that's, that's my biggest question mark there. You are completely right to have that question mark though, because like I said before, I, I don't mean to just, you know, kind of be like being a dead horse here, but, as you noticed in the draft, 
there were a lot more undersized guys than oversized. And two of the picks that uh, the Coyotes took were both players that had issues skating. I mean, when you come to uh, Maverick there at the end, man's six, seven, only 18 years old. Like that is definitely, you need to grow into that body because that is a, a much lankier frame. So obviously he's going to have uh, some skating issues there, but the direction that Armstrong is going is definitely not the direction that at least I see the league going in. And it's been slowly going this way for years in the fact that it's there's not as good of goaltending. There's no real true enforcers anymore. It's going to a point of high scoring and a lot of really pure talent. They even talked about during it and how um, this class is so purely talented because of the way that they are actually getting trained from you know pretty much youth all the way up it is very skill-based anymore and you have to wonder how this is going to change with the times but I I can say that the Coyotes have traditionally always been a smaller team and adding some size to help round that out isn't necessarily a bad thing yeah, that's that's kind of what I was talking about talking about a little bit earlier. Is uh, it's always smart to create a player pool and a roster, and that that is like as diverse as humanly possible. And you create a depth chart that is going to help you succeed. And I think that's you know what they're trying to do there, right? Um, with a guy like with a guy like Connor Geeky is is do that, right? Um, we know that you know Barrett Hayton is already up at NHL level, um, who previously was probably their top center prospect, right? Um, and he's kind of your more average sized center. Um, and Corey, you posted a um, a tweet about um, Barrett Hayton, and I think this is a good transition here, talking about how they drafted these two centers in the first eleven picks to bolster their center depth. And I think you you nailed a uh, you nailed it there with that question, which is like, all right, well, what's the future of Barrett Hayton now? Um, what made you kind of come up with that question? Because it wasn't my first thought was to think about Barrett Hayton, but again, I feel like we say this every offseason where Barrett Hayton becomes a big question mark for this team, even though he was able to show a little bit of development this year, um, and he seemed to mesh well with. Um, the coaching staff here and he, he he started to seem like he was getting his getting into becoming a more full-time NHL player. But I think that's, was, that was an interesting question you asked about Barrett Hayton for sure. I asked it about him simply because it makes you wonder, I'm just going to pose this question out here. Is this going in the direction of uh, you already have two new centers that you are really kind of grooming to be top centers on your team, correct? Right. You will need to have some veteran presence on the team. And you still also have time and, and more drafts to really be working this out through the end. I just don't know if Barrett Hayton fits on that. If this was Barrett Hayton now and this team was to be doing something at this moment, then okay. But I just feel like he may be used as a resource down the line, if you catch my drift. 
Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you there. He is this coming season um is going to be his uh RFA season, I believe. Actually, hang on a second. Let me take a look at this because according to this, he is actually uh an RFA as we speak, actually. Yeah, actually Barrett Hayton right now is a restricted free agent, so they have to re-sign him. So, uh, which I did not 100% realize until just now. So, um, that's something that is going to have to be talked about. I was like, well, what do you do with them now? Because I have a feeling that he's going to be re-signed here. For how much? Who knows? But, um, yeah, Barrett Hayton becomes a very interesting player now because you would imagine you're looking at – you're looking at your your center depth right now, more or less, is the following, which is um, you got Nick Schmaltz under contract through 2025-26. Okay. You got Barrett Hayden, who was a restricted free agent this year. And then you got your uh, Jack McBain's and Nathan Smith's, who uh, were acquired, signed by the Coyotes out of college this season. Um, who they came up and, and were able to contribute in their short amount of time um, at the tail end of the season. So they're in contention. And then you have, uh, you know, some of your older players there. So, and then, you know, you expect Logan Cooley to be your one center moving forward. But, and then what are you doing? Nick Schmaltz, does he stick around? Who knows? But I think you nailed it. It's like, you can't play all rookies all the time. You need a good mix uh, of players at some point, right? Um, and that's something well worth asking. And I'm curious to see where Barry Hayden fits in here, especially again since he's uh, currently a restricted free agent and um, is is due for another contract here. So, um, and again, let me his stats this past season. He had um, uh, let's see, he had 24 points in 60 games, 10 goals which was his highest and 14 assists, 14 assists, which was his highest. So starting to contribute there, but I, I think you're right. He, he's kind of becomes a very, and we said the same thing last year too, which is like, you got to shit or get off the pot as far as Barrett Hayton's current concerned. Um, I don't know if you trade him yet. He's still very, very young. I think you kind of ride the wave with Barrett Hayton for now for the next two or three seasons. And then, once Logan Cooley and Connor Geeky and 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 uh, Dylan Gunther are ready to come up, then you can try and figure out where he fits in from there, and then maybe you use Barrett Hayden to go get one of those veteran guys to put down the middle, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's uh, like you know me and you know my brain. Shocker, <laughs> because that was one hundred percent where I was alluding to in that. I like it. I like it. See, this is why we work so well as a show. Absolutely. No, no, no. And that's the thing is, uh, uh, that's where I was honestly going to go next was going to be going through that process that I was just, uh, that you were actually just giving. Like that was exactly where I'm thinking about it. Not, not today, not tomorrow, but down the line, I don't think he will be here. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he has not lived up to the hype, right? And at, remember, at the time, I think you and I were both very shocked when John Chiga made this pick, right? And this kind of goes back to what we were saying at the very, very early part of the show is how John Chiga would have handled this Shane Wright versus Logan Cooley situation. Well, he kind of took Barrett Hayton when Barrett Hayton wasn't expected to go in the top five of that draft. Um, let me go take a look here at the 2018 draft where Barrett Hayden was selected fifth overall. Um, because I was 11th, if I, if I remember correctly. Yes, he was a little bit, a little bit further down, but some of the players that the Coyotes passed on to take Barrett Hayden, um, were the biggest name on the list. Um, let me go down real quick and just making sure I'm not missing anybody in the, in the back half of the first round. Um, because there are some players who are already up in the NHL level making making impacts. 
Um, and the biggest names that I'm seeing, uh, Keandre Miller playing some big minutes in the playoffs for the New York Rangers. He was taken 22nd, the defenseman. Um, you're lo- and then uh, let's see here. Uh, um, uh, oh, Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes, who's going to be a big part of the future of the Vancouver Canucks, was taken seventh. He's a defenseman. The guy who I remember wanting the Coyotes to draft at number five was Philip Zadina, who at the time was expected to be this high-scoring player. And he hasn't developed whatsoever with the Red Wings. Let me look up his stats. Um, he was taken six. So he was taken directly after. Ha! 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 This is great. Uh, he was taken sixth in 2018. Last year with the Detroit Red Wings, Philip Zadina had 10 goals and 14 assists. Does that sound familiar? Oh my gosh. It's the same same exact stat line. He did it in 74 games and Barrett Hayden did it in 60. But That's uncomfortably similar. Right? <laughs> yeah. I just... They gave him a lot of chances to develop the right way. And I think that's what scares me the most is that they gave him the chances to develop the right way and he didn't. And going forward, this team isn't going to be good. They're going to be getting a lot more um, first round picks and you also have a lot of second round picks. And so they've got a lot of players that are going to be coming up in, in the system. And as you've seen from, you know, the not this last year, but the, the couple of years before, before the rebuild started, there are second round picks that come and really do work out for the team. And so... At this point, unless he really ups his game and starts doing well, there's a good potential that they could have a second-round pick that's a center that could be playing better than him. It's it's a sad fact of the matter, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, again, oh, here's here's what some of the people on the Twitter said about uh, when you asked the question about Barrett Hayton. Uh, we had uh, Darren say, I suspect this is a shit or get off the pot year. He's going to have to bring it. Easy sports guy saying he's going to score 30 or he won't get a long-term contract. Probably third line center, which wouldn't be bad with his two-way ability. Um, we had somebody else chime in saying 45-point season, which is not out of the realm of possibility. Um, and those are some of the responses to um, fans and what they think of, of Barrett Hayton. All right, let's – Quickly wrap this wrap this up with uh, one last little uh, chit chat about Maverick Lamaru. Going off the board a little bit with Maverick Lamaru. Uh, let me read his um, scouting report here, according to Chris Peters, who had him ranked sixty eighth in his rankings. They saying, should put in there just standing just two inches short of Zdeno Chara. <laughs> that's true uh saying that uh Lambaru is one of the biggest drafts biggest players he has good mobility for a big player and was one of the best performers at the combine showcasing showcasing his high-end athleticism the big concern about Lambaru is he doesn't make great decisions with the puck and he can get himself into trouble he has great length and the skating to cover up some of those mistakes, but I think he's got a long way to go in the hockey sense department before I can comfortably project him into the NHL role beyond depth. I went on to say the Coyotes can take chances with the number of picks they have. They traded up to make this pick, giving Edmonton number 32 and taking on Zach Cassian. I really like what Arizona did earlier in the draft, but I think this is a pick they may not have end up maximizing its value. Lamaru has size, but I just don't see that being more than that right now. So going off, going off the board a little bit, but when you have as many picks as the Coyotes do, they can take a swing for the fences. And that's what they did with Maverick Lamaru and taking on the contract of Zach Cassian, which we kind of mentioned a little bit earlier. Yeah, this is another one where I will say, again, Bill Armstrong loves the size. He, that, that is 100% what you could tell from this pick. Um, 
in the long run, they seem to think that he is going to pan out and that they are going to be able to really develop him. And they have the time to do so, very honestly. But it's just a matter of whether he actually pans out or not. Hockey sense is another one of those things that it's sometimes difficult. You know, the the first two picks Coyotes had, one of their biggest qualities is their hockey sense. That is sometimes not always teachable either. There's an understanding of the game that sometimes just never fully clicks to someone and some people have it very naturally. I think he can get better um, developmental wise with his, with his skill, but we'll see if they can work with him that way on his hockey sense and really just being in the right place at the right time and saying very staying proper positionally on the ice, I think will be a big thing for him going forward. And if they can really get him to stay kind of stay there, he's a big dude. So he can kind of move quickly, not in the fact of his his skating itself, but in the fact that he has larger strides than everyone else. So um, as long as he doesn't get too far behind, he can really kind of make it up. But it's a the fact of really being able to help him that way. And there's no way to really know for sure they can talk to him and, think, and see his uh, play and think, we can teach him this. He has the ability to do this there. You know, there's certain things that give off that, that aura, but that is yet to be seen. And you won't know for a while whether that's actually going to pan out or not. Yep. That's the thing is uh, these players, at least most of them, two, three, if not more years away, so there you go. Three picks in the first round for the Coyotes. They will have more picks tomorrow. Uh, I believe they have two picks in the second round tomorrow now. Let me double check that because they traded two of them away um, to in the San Jose trade. So let's take a look here and just double check how many they have. Let's go to the Coyotes. Let's see what they get. They have two second round picks left tomorrow. Uh, 36th and 43rd overall tomorrow or on Friday, whenever you're listening to this. Yeah, come on, Richie. It's been how long since you've been out of journalism school and you know to always use the day of the week? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was the worst at that. Richie was always the one that corrected me. I was terrible at it. <laughs> It's like, a, yeah, it's a radio thing because I, having done live radio for so many years, you can do that. But I forgot that sometimes people were listening to us afterwards. Um, so, um, yeah, on Friday, round two of the draft. Uh, oh, and one more th- before we go, uh, I have to bring up uh, to tell you guys about DraftKings, folks. You can uh, sign up with DraftKings with our promo code THPN. If you haven't done so already with DraftKings Sportsbook, I highly suggest you do it. Uh, it is baseball season, everybody, so you can bet on some baseball if you like. You can sign up now so that way you're ready for when the NFL season rolls around here in a couple of months. Very exciting stuff going on with DraftKings. All you got to do is, again, sign up with the promo code THPN. And you can get a bunch of stuff, free bets, etc., etc. You can figure it out on your own, everybody. Um, Got to be 21 years or older? Uh, go, you can go to DraftKings.com sportsbook for full details. And the rest of the details are going to be in the show notes. So you can take a look at those, too. If you want more information on signing up with DraftKings and DraftKings Sportsbook. Richie, Richie, Richie. You can... You are not in the same place you were when you took on uh, Brews and Bruins. That was peak uh, reading form. This is what happens when we take too much time off. This is what happens when we're gone for a month. It also doesn't help that I have no idea where my script is for this month. 
No idea. So I just kind of winged it. Oh wait, I think it's right. I think it's right here. Is this it? Ah, it's okay. This is it. But I did it. Promo code THPN. Do it. That's all that matters, and you can get a risk-free bet of up to a thousand dollars. Okay. There we go. <laughs> That's the important thing. <laughs> to paraphrase, this is this is the important parts. Yep. Yep. I'm rusty. This is what happens when we take a month off. I become rusty at this. It's okay. It's okay. We'll be we'll be back very soon to going back to normal. Hopefully a somewhat better season. I really don't think so. <laughs> I think it's going to be a full-blown continuous tank to try and get more and more first round picks. Um, you know, us and uh, the Blackhawks will have fun with that next year, but it uh, will at least be here to try and make it fun again. That's what we do every time, you know, going into this next season, let us know anything that you guys enjoy hearing that always seems to be a lot of fun. Cause I have a feeling we're going to be back in the same situation again. Um, but at least we'll get to have a new place, you know, a new location for the team. We'll get to see the team um, playing in the same place that uh, Richie and I at least went to college. It's our alma mater. So that will always be sentimental to us. And for those of you freaking out about the long road trip in the beginning, I'd like to point out locker rooms must be built. Jeez. Yeah. We didn't even get to the schedule, and but we can do that uh, another time uh, before we go. Um, because we didn't do this earlier. Congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche on winning the Stanley Cup. I was very excited. Um, as I'm no doubt you are aware, Corey, uh, myself and, and friend of the show, Jordan, we are both big Darcy Kemper fans. So her and I were very excited to see Darcy Kemper win the Stanley Cup. So congratulations to Darcy Kemper, who is now going to be unceremoniously kicked to the curb by the Colorado Avalanche because they acquired... Another uh, Alexander Georgiev from the Rangers on Thursday, which means that free agent Darcy Kemper is probably not going back to Colorado, which is crap. So he is now a free agent. Um, good luck to Darcy. I hope he goes to another contender so he can win back-to-back cups. But I just wanted to make sure I mentioned Darcy Kemper. Congratulations to him. Darcy for Vesna. Always and forever. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, Happy late birthday to Corey. Forgot to mention that. Or you mentioned a little bit earlier in the show, but I didn't say it on the show. So I feel like I need to do that now. So happy birthday to Corey, among Thank other things. Um, we did our, our yearly birthday picture. Um, I put it up on my Instagram and my Twitter. So you can go look at that. And if you look at all seven of those pictures, there, there are seven pictures over the course of the last eight years because we did not take a picture in 2020 because of COVID. And so uh, you can see both of us still look absolutely amazing eight years later across the seven pictures. If I do say so myself. I have a hard time telling the difference between all the years in those photos. I was trying to figure it out the other day. Isn't it hard? I was doing the same thing too. I was like, wait, I don't know. The only, there are only, there's only one, I know dates of three pictures on there and that's it which is i know the one we first took in san diego for your 21st birthday that one i can pick out pretty easily then i can pick out last year's and this year's and that's it but you're right if you look at all those pictures we haven't aged a day the funny part is i was doing the same thing i was like okay so this one was the very first one we did because we did the very first one on my 21st birthday and then we've been doing it ever since and so um i can pick out that one and i can pick out the one from last year and i could pick out the one from this year you're correct but then the other ones like i can remember us where we like were for some of these but i can't tell you which year is which 
The only thing that stands out to me a little bit is one of the years I had really blonde hair. So I could like maybe try and figure that out. But outside of that, we look so similar in all of these. And you're wearing a hat. So if it was the one year with the mohawk, it would give it away. But not even that will help me. At least this year you did it with your Rams hat. So I know that it's the year that the Rams won the Super Bowl. Uh, yes, exactly. I, t- I was joking with you that I was like, this is secretly my favorite picture I've ever taken because it says Super Bowl champions. <laughs> and now we will always know which year that is because of that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, considering we haven't done this in a month, we could probably keep going for another hour and keep bullshitting. But uh, I feel like at this point we should probably say goodnight. Uh, considering we just watched four hours of drafting. We've, we learned some French along the way at the beginning of the show, of the draft show, because there are people speaking French for 25 minutes to start the show. What uh, French did you know before it? I only knew, like, obviously, like, the, the thank you type of thank you and hi type thing. But the only two other words that I, I knew were shut up and why. That's a great question. I believe the only one I I know of is um, <clears throat> Vulu Bu Kushiavek Ma Seswa. That's the only ones I know. <laughs> it's a song, Richard. Yes. <laughs> there you we go. But you didn't have room. the. Bitch, you didn't have that on the uh, the bingo card for tonight. Is me getting in a Lady Marmalade reference from, <laughs> from Moulin Rouge? <laughs> you you know, I'm like I know because of my friends who took uh, French uh, in high school. You, yours is simply off of that song. I guess technically we all know that song. But yeah, my, my only ones are uh, Femme la bouche, which means to shut up. Or at least so I've been told. And the other one is Pourquoi? Because in Spanish, it's Porqué. So uh, I used to always laugh about how similar those two were. And, and my friend and I would like scream them at each other just because I was in Spanish, she was in French. But those are the only... French words, I know. And I've been yelled at by uh, Montreal Press and all of that. And I, I don't know any French, but I'm glad to know that I secretly knew just a little bit more because of Lady Marmalade. So thank you. <laughs> I, I'm very happy I made that reference. All right, everybody. Uh, until next time, good night and good hockey. <laughs>